I thought I heard the pastor's door shut. I thought he's coming. So anyway, we don't have to use our hymn books tonight. We got it on the screen. It's, that's on Wednesday night. But it's 189 in hymn books. You want to use that. The Lily of the Valley. I have found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me. He's a nearly heaven thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every hair on him to roll. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Let's stand, please. Second verse. He all the grief had taken, and all my sorrows borne. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have found a Lost my plate. And all the world around me be born in and It's all. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest stuffed in thousand to my soul. He will never leave me. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. In the dream of faith and do his blessed will. A wall of horror about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna heed my hung so shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face where rivers of light shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of temptation my soul. Amen. Lost my place there, but it's, uh, J. Frank, would you lead us a word of prayer? I just remembered something. Uh, there was a flat wrench that was lost, maybe, out in the parking lot this morning. And I believe it belongs to Ruth and her uh, oxygen thing. But a flat wrench. If everybody, anybody found one, we'll please turn it in. All right. This is a song that we, new song we sang a couple of weeks ago. The light will get it sun morning sometime. His mercy is more. What love could remember No wrongs we have done 
Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. What patient would wait as we constantly roam? What father so tender, he's calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. We stood neath a death we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Do you think they'll remember what you preached this morning? Well, I don't know if you remember or not, but I hope you do. Because we don't have time to back up and go over it again at all. And besides that, I wouldn't remember it anyway. I intended to cover about three more verses this morning, but God said it was time to quit, so we quit. But when we left this morning... We found that Saul of Tarsus was sitting and waiting and praying. Verse 9, chapter 9, 
And he was there three days without sight. Neither did he eat, nor did he drink. He spent time with the Lord, I have no doubt. And it says, now there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here am I, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judah for the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here, as the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call upon your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear his name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands upon him, saying, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. Lord God, I thank you that you continue your work in Saul's life. I thank you, Lord God, that not only did you work in his life, but you worked in the life of Ananias. And Father, through these two examples, you'll work in our lives. Father, we just take the time tonight to say thank you, Father. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you take the time to explain to us. Thank you that you have set forth for us examples in your word. And we give you praise for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. The first thing I want us to realize tonight was as Saul was waiting. He didn't eat, didn't drink. We'd say he was fasting. And whenever he was fasting, the word says he was praying. Jesus said unto the 
unto Ananias in a vision. You go to him, and he's there praying. Now, I wonder, Mac Mills's mind, okay? Was he praying as a Judaizer, or was he praying as a Christian? Was he praying to actually to the Lord that he called and recognized on the road? Or was he going through his tradition? Mac Mills' personal opinion. I think that he acknowledged the Lord on the road, and I think he acknowledged the Lord in his prayers. How in the world could you possibly go through what he experienced? First of all, the presence and the glory of God in, his, in the light. Second of all, the voice. And thirdly, being blind and having the instructions as to how to get it fixed. Folks, when God does things in our lives, He always gives us the instructions how to carry it out, how to get it fixed. Now, sometimes we don't hear them. Sometimes they're, <laughs> they're a little more to it than we want it to be. Sometimes we think, well, gosh, I want God to do it right now. And sometimes God doesn't do it right now. In fact, here we see that Saul waited three days. I can only imagine how his mind had to be running during this three-day period and wondering what in the world was going to happen. Where is this man going to come from? When is this going to happen in my life that I have been told is going to happen? Now, as, as Saul is doing this, you have to remember the other person that's involved in this. Ananias sounds a whole lot like us. But God, now I want you, Ananias, to go to Saul of Tarsus. But God, you know what he does. He's got a piece of paper. He has a letter. He has permission from the chief priest to put us in jail, to kill us, to take us back to Jerusalem in bonds. He has all the authority, and you want me to go see him? I'm a believer, and you want me to go see him? How often, when God lays something on our heart, whether it be in through the Word, or how, that we want to say, but God, do you realize what you're asking me to do? Do you understand, really, God, how this can affect me? I can imagine Ananias in his own mind saying, if I go to him, I'm going to end up in chains and bonds, and I'm going to end up in Jerusalem, and they're going to put me in prison for the rest of my life, or worse. But he said, but the Lord said to him, now listen closely, how God signified to Ananias the importance of going to Saul. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he, Saul, is a chosen vessel of mine. God's already said, I got a job for you, Saul. 
I got something that you're going to do, and I'm preparing you to do this. First of all, I had to get your attention. I got that. Then you had to obey me. You did that. Now I'm going to send a man to you that doesn't want to come, but I'm convincing him to do it because you are my chosen vessel. I think about how God chooses each one of us to do what he desires for us to do. You say, well, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a preacher. I, I know, but God has a job for you. I guarantee you, God has something for you to do. It may be working with your grandchildren. It may be working with your neighbor. It may be being one that prays for people on a regular basis and shares the grace and the love of God. But he has chosen you as a chosen person to serve him if you're a born-again believer. You don't just get saved and sit down and twiddle your thumbs. God's got something planned. Ananias, you go to him. He's a chosen seed. He, he's special to me. Not only is he special, let me tell you why he's special. God explains it to Ananias. He says, To bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. In other words, he is going to preach the name of Jesus Christ to all mankind. It doesn't matter if they're kings, if they're children of Israel, or if they're just plain old people out here on the street. He's going to preach the word of God. He's going to tell them about Jesus. And then he says, For I will show him, I will show Saul, many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Folks, it's not simple being a born again believer. It's not simple. It's not easy to be one that shares about Jesus Christ. He says, let me tell you, he's going to have to deal with all these things in his life. Can anybody think of anything just off the top of your head that he had to deal with? Was he ever put in prison? Was he ever beaten? To the nth of his life? I was, some years ago, I had the privilege of being in Rome. And we'll talk about this whenever we talk about his trip to Rome. But whenever I was in Rome, I had the privilege, while I was there preaching, I, I had the privilege of having a professional guide that was a member of the church, the, the, the Amer International Baptist Church that I was preaching in there in Rome. And she didn't have any guided tours that week while I was there. Consequently, in between the time that I was preaching, she gave me a tour of Rome. One of the things that she took me to, most people walk down the street, look down through a barred grade into a dungeon or a prison some 20 or 30 feet down where Paul was in prison. 
I didn't stand up there and look down. She took me around through the catechism into where I was standing where Paul was in prison. Just talking about it, the hair stands up on my arm right now. What am I saying? Paul endured all types of problems. And God ahead of time says, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to deal with your families. You're going to have to deal with your people that live around you. You're going to have to deal with your church people. You're going to have to deal with all types of situations. And he says, listen, I want him to know as he goes into this ministry what he's going to be facing, that he will suffer. Why? For my name's sake. It wasn't for who Paul was or who Saul was. It was for who Jesus was. It was because of who he represented that he was going to suffer and be put through many trials and tribulations. And after hearing all this, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, I want you to notice, Brother Saul, he addressed him as a brother in the Lord. First time he'd ever met him. First time he'd ever seen him. But he had the recommendation of God in a vision. Brother Saul, I'm here. I know you're looking for me. I know you've been expecting me. And he entered into the house and he laid his hands upon him and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came. Other words, I want you to know that I know what you've already experienced. I want you to know that you're who I'm supposed to see. I want you to know that you're the one I'm supposed to minister unto because I know what took place in your life as you were coming when God spoke to you. And he says, Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me. I didn't just come by accident. I don't believe that people serve God by accidents. I don't, I don't think it's just happenstance. I think it's planned by God. And I think it's orchestrated by God the Holy Spirit. And it's carried out through believers that say, Okay, God, I'll do it. I am willing to do it. But it is all planned by God. And he says, He has sent me to you that you may receive your sight. If God hadn't already spoken to Ananias, there was no way he could have known he was blind. But he says, I'm here that you may receive your sight and be filled with God the Holy Spirit. Not just am I going to minister to you physically, but I'm going to minister to you spiritually as well. 
Folks, it's our responsibility as Christians, as born again, to reach out to those around us, yes, to help them physically, if possible. But even more important than that, it is to minister to them spiritually. He says, I'm going to lay my hand on you. I've laid my hand on you. Your sight's going to come back. But at the same time, you're going to be filled with God the Holy Spirit. And because of your belief, and I think this goes back to the fact that he acknowledged who the Lord was on the road, that he had been praying all this time, and at that point in time, he had believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Consequently, as the scales fell from his eyes, God the Holy Spirit filled him because he was a born-again believer at that point in time. He believed in Jesus. Now then, what seminary had he been to? How many years had he been preaching? Had he been raised in a Christian home? No, no, no. But when God gets in the picture, and when we are willing, God can work all kinds of miracles. And it says... And he was filled with God the Holy Spirit and was immediately baptized. He said, I want to be what God wants me to be. And I want everybody to see it. Did the baptism save him? No, he had already got saved. Did Ananias save him? No, he had already got saved when he acknowledged the Lord. All it did was he got filled with the Holy Spirit, was baptized, and I want you to notice, it says, so when he had received, when it says, uh, the scales fell from his eyes. He received the Holy Spirit at once. And then he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he had, was strengthened. Then Saul spent time, days, spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. Verse 20, and I'll quit for tonight. And it says, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogue, that he is the Son of God. And all those who heard were amazed and said, Is this not the one that destroyed those who called upon the name in Jerusalem and has come here for the purpose that he might bind them up according to the chief priest? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confronted the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. Folks, whenever you sell out to God, there's no limit to what you can do. There is no limit as to how you can get on your face before God. There is no limit how you can affect people around you. We see one that wasn't just accused of being against Christ in Christians, but by his own testimony, he acknowledged he was. Yet, when God touched him, 
when God came into his life, whenever he said, Lord, what do you want of me? At that moment, his life was changed, and he obeyed God, even to going to a place and waiting on someone he didn't know to come and help him see him. I challenge us, I challenge us as God's people to listen to what God has to say to us. I'm not talking about just through preaching. I'm talking about through prayer. I'm talking about through your quiet time. I'm talking about through your own scripture reading. I'm talking about whenever you're driving down the road and God gets your attention, Listen to him. Listen to what God wants. And then be obedient. Be obedient. We have two in this passages that were obedient. Saul of Tarsus, the religious terrorist, Ananias, that was afraid for himself, but obedient. And through his obedience, that religious terrorist became a holy evangelist, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, you can be that evangelist. You don't have to be a preacher. All you have to do is share the love of Jesus. Be obedient when he moves in your lives. And speak. Stand up. And live for Christ Jesus. Oh, according to this, it was not easy. He was going to suffer much. And it's not always going to be easy for us either. The very ones that he was representing when he was planning on going to Damascus, the Jews, that he was wanting to take all those that were of the way and arrest them. The very ones, the Jews, as he preached the gospel, if you read the next couple of verses, you will see they plotted to kill Paul, Saul. The first time in his ministry already, because he was standing up for Jesus, they plotted to kill him. The other Christians, they saved him. They let him down in a big basket off the wall. It's not easy when you follow God. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. I would encourage us in the coming days, it's going to be more difficult, I truly believe, than what it's been in the past. It's getting more accepted in our world today 
to turn against God. Not just out in the world, but even within our churches and all. It's not all about Jesus anymore. Sometimes it's all about us. It's all about what we can perform or how we do things. Folks, I pray, and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, as long as God allows Mac Mills to be pastor of Montney Baptist Church, it will all be about Jesus Christ. Because without him, it's not worth being about at all. When he ate, he gained his strength, and he preached the gospel to the point they wanted to kill him. Lord God, I thank you and I praise your name that you allow us the ability to serve you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Within ourselves, we don't have the strength, we don't have the understanding. We don't even have the capabilities. But Lord God, if we would just turn from the world, if we would just put you first in our lives, if we would just be obedient unto you in all things, oh Lord God, through your power it could turn our world around and it could come back to you. So, Father, I would pray right here in our church, we will always acknowledge you and we'll always strive to put you first in all that we do. And, Father, we'll not be about the business of putting anyone down, looking down on them, or thinking that they're not as good as we are or as spiritual as we are or anything else but we'll lift up your name. We'll exhort you, Father, before the whole world. And it'll start right here in our church. And I thank you for it, Father. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. I pray that in the coming weeks, as we look at the missionary journeys of Paul, we will see some of the, some more of God's work and God's presence in his life that will affect us and how we look and how we feel and, you know, I... Uh, I, I've done, found some maps and all, which I, everybody has them in the back of your Bibles. But we have found some maps, and I have looked at these. Just how far Paul walked to share the gospel is amazing to me. I mean, it wasn't just a stroll down the street. It wasn't around the block. 
I mean, it was miles upon miles all the way across the nations. And then on top of that, he spent a little time in shipwreck and in jail. So I think we'll have a good time. I think we will. And I'll do my best that I, I'm, I'm putting, I'm going to put Brother Terry and Brother Bill on call right now. So when I get to one of those words that I can't pronounce, I'm going to say, tough word. Terry, how do you say that? Tough word. Bill, how do you say that? What am I saying? I'm saying, I'm not going to worry about whether I mispronounce the words. We're going to be studying what God's doing in Paul's life, okay? And I know I can't pronounce a lot of it. My tongue doesn't work that way. But I ask you to pray for me. Please pray for me. That as I do what I think God wants us to do, it's it's something different. For me, I, I don't I don't normally do things like that. It's a, it's kind of a new ballpark for me. So I ask you to pray for me. Any special prayer request anywhere tonight? Again, I invite you to come and be a part of our celebration of life service on Saturday, one o'clock, right here for Mom. I guarantee you, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be short, simple. And sweet. That's what mother asked for. And uh, that's what's going to happen. So we invite you to come be a part of that as she's rejoicing in the presence of the Lord right now. And I praise God for that. Thank you all for being here. May God bless you. Have a glorious, glorious week as you serve the Lord. Put him first in everything you do in your life for sure. Brother George, pray us out of here, will you?